0: Welcome to Catch the Fire Toronto's weekly sermon podcast. This message was recorded live at Catch the Fire Church in Toronto, Canada. We hope you enjoy it. So as um, the the others said, I'm carrying on in our series on prayer. Murray preached, I think, a great message last week on the Lord's Prayer. And um, I'm just going to step right into the flow of that. Uh, I've been, the Lord's had me in... The book of uh, John, well, amongst other things, but just asking me to focus a bit extra on John 15 in particular, and I've just been meditating and reading and learning and uh, enjoying, feasting on that passage of scripture, particularly also John 14. It's just a great. Um, it's a. It's just a great passage, and it's a great. Um, kind of picture the whole thing about the vine and and Jesus being the vine and us being the branches has just been phenomenal for my own journey. And so it's kind of one of my things for the year Um, is this what it means to abide. Um, And so I don't know if you've read those two passages, but if you look at those passages, I'm going to pull out four times the Lord actually says we can ask him whatever we want, right? So, just within chapter 14 and 15, there are four times where Jesus says, Ask whatever you want or ask whatever you wish, and I'll do it for you. Now, that is blowing my mind. I've read it lots but I'm like, do I actually really believe it? Do you guys ever read scripture and you're like, yeah, 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 I've read that, I've known that. And then I'm like, oh, like, Ugh. <laughs> But do I actually put the word into practice? Because if I don't, I'm just a hearer of the word and I can step into deception if I don't become a doer of the word. So I've been really challenged by it. So I just want to start by showing us where those verses are. We'll read them together and then I want to focus on one of them a little bit more because I feel like the Lord has given me something to encourage and challenge us in because I'm being encouraged and challenged. I'm not preaching this because I've got it. I'm preaching it to myself and because I'm answering the Lord's invitation to increase the size of my ask. (laughs) The other one is already big enough. So, anyway, uh-uh. <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> Forgive me. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so let's go. We'll move swiftly along and go to J- John 14 and we'll look at verse 13 to 14 if you want to turn there with me. <laughs> sorry, guys. I really am sorry. Huh? Smiling, but awkwardly smiling. John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. If you want to turn there with me, let's read that together. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. So twice in those two verses, Jesus is saying, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Twice in, that, in, that, in those two little verses, whatever and anything, which leaves out nothing. So whatever and anything we can ask, and it says in my name. Now, just to clarify, I know we often pray in the name of Jesus at the end of our prayers. That's not like a magical phrase it's literally we we're, we're just what this means is you're praying in we're in Jesus, so we're praying in Jesus, and we're praying in the name of Jesus, which he has put upon us when we become one with him. That means we're standing in agreement with his prayers, in, in agreement with his character, and what he wants to do from heaven to earth and releasing his kingdom. And so we're putting the name of Jesus through us onto, you know, into these situations. So you don't have to say in Jesus' name, We just do it. Maybe it's to remind ourselves. So he will ask whatever and anything and he'll do it. Then if you want to turn to John chapter 15, just over the page, verse 16, look at what he says here. You did not choose me, it's always a good reminder, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So again, he's saying, just remember, you didn't choose me. We all need to remember that sometimes. It's not about us. We were not chasing him down. He was chasing us down way before we even knew him. And then I, but I chose you and appointed you. So he purposed for us, he appointed us, he chose us before the foundation of the world and appointed us that we should go and bear fruit. So he wants us to be fruit bearing people. There's a purpose for us. We're not just wandering aimlessly, he's sending us out to bear fruit. And not just any old fruit, but fruit. You, but And that your fruit should abide so it would be lasting, it would remain, it wouldn't just wither and dry up and go, but what, what he does in us and through us would bear fruit that would remain and, and stay, you know, connected to him, but, but also bring glory to him so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. He is a good, good God. And he's trying to show us and tell us that he wants us to increase the size of our prayers and what, what we ask him for. Let's go to John 15. So back a few verses, verse 7 and 8. I'm just going to read verse 7 at the moment. And this is where I want to kind of jump, dive off from. Again, I think he really is trying to tell us how important this is for us. If you abide in me, just let me go back for a moment. The verses 1 to 6, he's been talking all about how he is the vine. The father is the vine dresser who cares, takes care of the vine. And we are the branches. Okay, so he's been, he's this whole concept of him being the vine and us being the branches so being connected to him being in union with him being getting fruit that comes from him as our source of life and everything okay so he, he'd been talking about him being the vine and us being the branches but now he says if you abide in me and my words abide in you. So it's not just if you abide in me and I in you. He's saying, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish. So it's not just something little. Whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. That just blows my mind. Like when I think of a wish, I think of, you know, when you're little, and mom and dad say, what do you want for Christmas or your birthday? They, you know, you some kids will get like a whole um, magazine and go through and tick everything in the magazine, you know, and say, they, they don't think about how much it costs. They're just like, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. And and they don't, they don't they're not worried about being too presumptuous, but they actually boldly say well I know my mom and dad like to give me things so I'm going to tell them everything that I'm wishing for that's what I think of when I read this he's is such a good dad that as we abide in him and his words are abiding in us we can ask with that kind of confidence like a wish okay he's not a genie in a bottle though just to clarify that's not what I'm saying okay so you may not all walk out of here with brand new cars and big houses. or Some of you may. I don't know. Who knows? Not going to limit God. Anyway, so I want to kind of talk a little bit about what this might look like for us because I think there's, you know, there's also, this is really about prayer. And we're, we're coming up to a week of prayer. Now, we're a praying people, I know that. This is not just the one week that we're going to do prayer. But as Jonatus said, we felt like the Lord was saying, stop and pray. Just have you got my attention? And this whole theme of come up here has been about us, you know, reminding ourselves that we are seated in the heavenly places with Jesus, one with Jesus in communion with the Father. And he's saying, okay, I want you to stop for a moment, get your eyes off the, what's happening around you because that can feel a little shaky sometimes. Come up here, remind yourself you're up here with me and let's pray together. And so really the asking is prayer. We're coming to him and we're saying, Lord, we want to align ourselves with you and your will. We want to ask you. And part of that is worship because so many good things happen in worship, don't they? He, the, the Holy Spirit loves it when we worship the Father, when we're making declarations of who he is and how big he is and how good he is and how kind he is. And then from that place, we can step into Oh, you know, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. So we step into that place of asking and aligning our hearts with him. So we're going to take this week to do that as a community together. And there's power in agreeing together as a community for, for the Lord to come, for his kingdom to come. So we're going to do that. So he's He's saying, ask, pray. And then an, obviously there's an aspect of prayers, not just asking, but there's also listening listening. There's, we can be still and know and kind of commune with the Father in that stillness, and we can um, just uh, intercede asking is really like intercession it's like i'm I'm just tuning into you holy Spirit and what are you saying and what are you doing and then I'm going to speak it out and so as a community that's what we're going to do and in this passage I feel like what there is a very important key here in John 15 verse 7 to eight so I'll just include eight now if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask Whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So there is the promise in this passage of answered prayer that absolutely glorifies God. When we come to him and we make these declarations and we ask, we bring those big asks before him. It glorifies him when he answers it and as we come to him. But the key at the beginning of this is, because the promise of the answered prayer comes from that little word at the beginning of seven, verse seven, which is if. There is a condition for us in it. I know we all like to think it's all, you know, just everything is free. Well, it's free, but there is some responsibility for us. If we abide in Jesus and if his words abide in us. So there's this cultivation of a, connection and communion and love and life-giving relationship flowing backwards and forwards between us and Jesus, a life of intimacy that he's inviting us into to go go even deeper into through prayer. And I think this is really for us as all believers, and especially now more than ever, I think. I know. So let's look at abiding in Jesus first. The if we abide in Jesus, well what is this what does this look like? What is what's abiding in Jesus? Well, basically abiding means remaining or staying. It's like It's stay connected, stay in communion, stay in that union. We are already one with Him, but remind ourselves to stay in that and cultivate. That comes through cultivating that intimate relationship with Him. Now He's given it all for us, and now we just get to respond to that invitation. He's given his whole life. He's given his son his very best for us. He's given the, the keys of, of death and hell. his son. He's he's the victorious one. He's given it all to us. He's given us his promises in the word and he's given us his very life. And so this invitation is for us to continue to dive deeper and discover that intimacy with the Father through Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And so abiding is basically, it's it's becoming, it's our, our fruitfulness that comes Right? All of our fruitfulness comes out of that place of intimacy with the Father. We can't. It says earlier in John chapter 15, you can't without me, if you don't abide in me, you can't do anything. There's nothing. There's going to be no fruit outside of abiding in Jesus and remaining in him. So there's this abiding, which is talking with him, listening to him, responding to his voice obeying him getting to know more of him as we hear his voice you know it says my sheep know my voice my sheep hear my voice so we can sp- we can step into that greater knowing as we listen to what he's saying as we abide and spend time in his presence and we receive understanding as we spend time with him. We get to know how he thinks. We get to know what he feels about certain situations. We get to know his opinion, which is the best opinion ever about ourselves. We get to know his character as we continue to cultivate that that intimacy with him. Now, for me and Murray, we've been married uh, 29 years this year. Yeah, I got it right. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Which is an amazing thing. I'll tell you another time, but it's, it's an incredible uh, testimony of Jesus in our lives of his goodness and faithfulness. Um, but now if we just got married and then we didn't know one another in the biblical sense, but also know one another in relationship and get to, a, there's, there's something about marriage that's even more intimate than dating, obviously in one way in particular, but also in, you you discover little things about your husband or your wife. You discover the likes, the dislikes. You discover more about their character. You discover things about yourself that get irritated by your partner. (laughs) Not that we get irritated by God, but we discover more and more about our partner as we spend time with them and, and cultivate that intimate relationship. Well, marriage is a reflection, a shadow of our relationship with Jesus. And he's inviting us as we to abide in that intimate relationship where we find out more about who he is and we respond to that. And then we, we obey him according to his word and his voice. We don't like the word obey sometimes because it sounds like religion. It sounds like, oh, well, I have to. But the truth is we get to, because of his great love for us, we get to respond to his truths, to his law, and say, I'm all in. The old me is gone. I no longer am going to walk down that road. I'm going to walk towards you in ever-increasing measures of of. Um, freedom and healing as I commune with you and that's the invitation for us to obey him according to his voice and his word letting him be God letting him have the final say letting him be above every other voice every other voice in this world in the world system on social media even sometimes the voice of your friends even sometimes the voice of your parents although check that first parents are wise there's any teenagers in here so I don't have to but I get to so there's an abiding in Jesus now there's a two-pronged thing I think of this abiding here so there's the abiding in Jesus and then there's also his words abiding in us okay now for me abiding in Jesus is I spend time with him daily I don't rush on I have I carve out I've I've worked this discipline into my life, a spiritual discipline. We like to say spiritual has the word ritual in in it. So it's okay to have a practice that we do over and over again. This is a healthy practice, this spiritual discipline of stopping at the beginning of my day and spending some time with the Lord, praying, listening. I journal. I, I carve out you know, a good, a good chunk in the morning. So I have to get up earlier because I start work at nine. I get up earlier, like probably many of you do, and I, I spend time in his presence. I, I listen to his word. I actually, I have the Bible on my, on my phone, which is in my back pocket, and I'll often listen to it and meditate on it. And I, I, I allow him to wash over me. Sometimes I'll put worship music on and I'll just soak. That's abiding I'll just say, okay, what do, you, what, do you say? what do you want to say to me today, Holy Spirit? What do you, what do you want me to know? And I'll, I'll just tune in and I might write it down. I might pray into it. I might pull my emotions out before the Lord if I'm feeling a little bit anxious or stressed about something. He's not afraid of that. That's abiding. He's, he's got big shoulders and he wants me to open my heart up, to let him see even the most vulnerable parts. I want to encourage you to do that. So that's abiding in Jesus, that intimacy. Then his words abiding in us, as I said before. So his, his words, the, there's two parts to this. There's the actual logos, the written word of God in the Bible. I have my version app on my phone, so I can get multiple translations of different verses. I also have a hard copy, my you know pay, paper, the Bible, so there is there's the logos word of God. So abiding in his to his teaching, living, remaining in his teachings, in his instructions for us that are in the written word. There's many, many principles. If you're wondering how to deal with a certain situation in marriage, there are many principles in the word of God. Husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Whoa, that's intense. <laughs> Wives, submit to your husbands. Oh, ouch. That's a hard one sometimes. So there's many nuggets of truth and gold. We don't have to necessarily look outside of the Word of God. He gives us promises in it. There are many promises packed into the Word of God. As we abide in the Word of God, we discover what those promises are. As we meditate on them, we get fresh revelation of what they mean to us today. So as I'm doing my daily discipline with the Lord, I read through the Bible in a year, sometimes in two years, because sometimes I find a year is way too quick, and I, I can just get into a routine of, oh, I've got to get this done, and I'm not letting the Word wash me. So sometimes I'll do you know the the Bible over two years. I I discipline myself because I would always choose to go to the Psalms or the New Testament. But I know there's a, the counsel of the full Word of God. There is there's wisdom, even though I may not understand it. I may not like some of it. It's like violent and weird and and I'm I, I just I still don't get some of it. But it is the Word of God. And so it has authority, and it's in there because he wants me to, to know about it. And it all is a love letter that points to our need for him. It's a love letter for invitation of abiding in a life-giving relationship with him. So it's worth it. So I read the Bible in a year. And then I also do something called Lectio Divina, which is I, I will, it's taking a small bit of scripture, and I'll just read it, and then I'll, I'll just sit and wait and I'll, 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 I'll just allow the Lord to, I just read it slowly. I might go over it again and I take note. Okay, what jumps out at me from this little passage of Scripture? What, what, what does that mean for me right now? What are you saying for me right now? How can I p- apply it to my life? How can I pray it into another situation? And it's like a feasting and a, a waiting, a lingering on the word of God, because it's living and active. So that's just what I do. I do a little bit of other study as well as I'm trying to understand. I do not speak Greek or Hebrew or anything, but I will look up meanings of words to try and understand a little bit more. And then I ask my husband as well, who's a good thesaurus for me. (laughs) Anyway, I wanna encourage you. So this abiding in his words, or his words abiding in us, feasting on his word. I just want to, it's so powerful, the word of God. I want to read this Psalm, Psalm 19, verse 7 to 11. Would you go there with me? Psalm 19, verse 7 to 11. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, which is scripture, right? The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. I mean, that's powerful in and of itself. My soul needs converting, The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Many times I feel simple. I need wisdom. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Wow, many people do not like the righteous and true judgments of the Lord today. Sometimes I find it hard. More to be desired are they than gold. Yes, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned and in keeping them there is great reward. Who would like a great reward? I would like a great reward. There's great reward in aligning ourselves and submitting to the law, the perfect law of God, even when it's uncomfortable and it hurts. So there is power in the word to convert, to bring joy and delight to our hearts through the truth. Do you ever read a passage that you've read lots of times and something leaps out at the page and it's like this this promise becomes true for myself. That's why we need to keep reading it over and over again. It brings joy and delight. It's more precious. It opens our eyes and our hearts to what is real and true. We we all need that. The world needs that. More precious than fine gold, more precious than riches and wealth is the word of God. Satisfying. It gives us help. It warns us and it's rewarding to our lives. So I think it's worth letting his words abide in us, especially if then out of that we get to ask some big asks. So there's the written Word of God, then there's also the living and active rhema words of God, that He speaks on it. He's always speaking. He's always saying something. It's just, are we tuning in to hear Him? So that His words abiding in us is the Word of God. And then we have this opportunity as we're um, abiding in Him and cultivating intimacy with Him to understand and hear His voice for now. So we get to maybe as we're reading the word, he speaks prophetically to us out of it. Or maybe we're praying and we're just sitting with him and this something drops into our heart and knowing. And it's like, that's from the Holy Spirit. And it should align with the written word of God. And there's prophetic words that we can receive for and from others that are like direct from the Father. And they can unlock things in our lives or they can speak destiny. They can bring alive the promises that are in the Word of God and speak a promise to us right now, specifically to us as an individual, if someone speaks a prophetic word over us. Now, disclaimer, you want to, if you hear some wacky things and you're not quite sure, then check with the Word of God and see if it aligns with the Word of God, what you're hearing. And check with a trusted friend who knows you and will say no to you, you're hearing wrong. That's important because we like to have yes people. But a no person is sometimes much better than a yes person in these contexts. Might be they might say, just wait, I, I believe that's a word for you, but wait, it's not always right now, might be for later. Or they might say, No, I don't think this is, I don't think, I don't agree that this is the word of God for you. And so you, I, I would encourage you to shelve it, someone who's mature. So we want to test those words, but they can be promises. So we have the Word of God and the words of God. And so those words of God, to abide in those words of God, write down prophetic words. Write down the things that the Lord says to you in your journal. Go back to them. Pray into them. We want, as, if we're going to let His words abide in us, we want to show Him that we value them, that we don't despise the prophetic. So we want to keep them before us and let the word shape us and form us. Not frustrate us, but say, this is who I see you to be. Keep going, don't give up. This is who you're meant to be. So let's value those words of God. And by doing that, that's what what abiding in the words of God means. Okay, and then, then we can ask, So out of that, if we abide in him and his words abide in us, then we can ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. So there is prayer that is answered as we're abiding. So the assumption here in this passage is that I am so connected, remaining, joined, the the Lord is my source, his his voice is a voice that is above every other voice that I listen to. His voice has authority in my life. And I'm I'm cultivating this relationship, with getting to know him, listening to him, loving him, letting him love me, letting him heal the, the brokenness that part the, in my life that, that he's still wanting to align and, and pull out of me or, or reshape or reform for me to become more like Jesus. As I, as we're doing that, as we allow that that formation, then we actually are, that. so that connection with him actually keeps us aligned with him. So the assumption is then that my prayers and what I ask will actually flow out of that life-giving relationship that knows who he is, and know who He says I am, and I'll have that rightly. And I know His perspective and His character, and I know that He's good, He's a Father, He loves me, and He disciplines me because He loves me, and so if something doesn't work out as I want, it's gonna be okay because I know that He loves me, I know that He's refining me, I know that He's making me more like Him, I know that He sees me, not from my past, but as I am in the future. When He looks at me, He sees Jesus covered, I'm washed and covered in His blood, and I know that He's my provider, so He's going to provide for me, even if it's not in the way that I think it. And so the assumption from this passage is, if we abide in Him and His words abide in us, then we can ask, and we will ask according to what's in His heart anyway. If we delight ourselves in the Lord, He will give us the desires of our heart, because He puts those desires in there, and they're His desires anyway. So we're aligned with His truth, and who He is, and and what what He wants to do so then we don't have to worry about praying soulish prayers like get that person out of government we can say Lord would you bless that person would you pour out your love upon their heart would you bring influential lovers of Jesus into their life and would you let your kingdom come in that place even despite if they're not following you or not if they're following you or not So, we can ask whatever we wish. He's not a cosmic vending machine. He's not a genie in a bottle, but he is good. And his mercy is chasing us down. He's good. So, finally, I want to ask you are you asking? Have you got a big ask? Are you asking like a son? Or are you asking like a slave or a servant? A servant would beg, would be like, oh, I can't, I can't survive, I can't do this anymore. Would you just please give me a little bit of food so I can keep going? Would you just please help me to get through this day and just, just um, get through this day where I'm not gonna be so frustrated with my boss. Just help me, Jesus, please. As opposed to, I command this situation to shift. I bless my boss. I love my boss. Thank you that I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Thank you that I am loved. Thank you that I, the, the Word of God is like a sword. I can speak over this situation and I can bless and not curse. I can bless things to shift. So are we asking as slaves or are we asking as sons? I just want to highlight this, John fifteen fifteen. Says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. So Jesus is saying, I'm elevating. Yes, we serve him. That's true. We serve him. But we're not, we're slaves to him in one sense, spiritually. We surrender our whole entire lives. We, can, we say, "Have do whatever you want with me. But he's saying, I don't call you servants. I'm elevating, you're elevated to the position of friend. Now, just let me clarify this. You know, as a parent, when your kids are always gonna be your kids, so we're always his sons. We're always the children of God. But when your kids grow up, it's so cool and so much fun for them to become your friends. You've done the hard work with them most of the time, but they get to step into this place where you can have fun, where you can just share more openly the things that are on your heart because they can be trusted with that information. They're maturing. That's what it's like for us with the Lord. We get to become His friends. He says in this, you're not servants in this area. You're actually friends because the Father's shown me everything that He's doing. So that's implied that because of that, we get to know what the Father's doing. We're seated in heaven. We open our spiritual eyes and we see what's in heaven and we call it down and release it on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We have the power to do that. Yes. (laughs) So we're not victims, but we're able to do powerful prayers. You know, He's the God who created the universe. He put all the stars right where they need to be. He's the God of abundance, the God who is more than enough, who has more than enough. He's the God who parted the Red Sea. He's the God that took the the um, Israelites through the Red Sea and then made it crash down. He's the God who raises the dead. He's the God who actually not only satisfies the at the feeding of the five thousand, but then there's multiplication left over. He's the God of abundance. So if you get to the end of yourself when you're praying, as you abide in him and his words abide in you, I want to remind us all of this passage and then we're gonna pray together. Ephesians 3, verse 20 to 21. After there's been a whole bunch of incredible prayers before this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. So it's not just what we're saying, but it's even the wishes and the dreams that we're thinking. He's exceedingly abundantly able and above according to his power that works in us. So he wants to partner with us, mind blown. To him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever amen so he is exceedingly abundantly above and more capable to do what we could ever think or ask and it's not just about us what he wants to do when we come to him with our big asks and even if it doesn't work out the way that we think we can still come with our big ask it's for generations to come are you asking big prayers that affect generations to come like, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The curse of faithlessness is broken in my generational line with me, my children, my children's children. I call them in to serve the living God, to live according to the purpose that He says over them, not the world. Are we declaring big prayers? We welcome the, we welcome the prodigal's home. Are we saying you're never too far gone to have an encounter with the Father? We hope you encounter God and were inspired by this message today. To watch video of this message and other messages from Catch the Fire in Toronto, visit catchthefire.tv. Catch the Fire has churches, schools, events, missions and media all around the world. To find out more, visit catchthefire.com.